What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. And good afternoon. I am Dr. James A. Smith, Jr. And welcome to another episode of The Dr. James Show. I am so looking forward to our guests, the information we're going to share. My co-pilot, SP, Shannon Peck, all things energy and enthusiasm. Shannon, what's going on? Good afternoon. Well, I have a feeling this today's show is going to be full of laughter, um, wisdom, love. So um, as we do every week, we uh, welcome you to, to our show to the next hour. Uh, get those notepads ready and get those gems and those jewels and those diamonds and golden nuggets that you're going to receive today. Um, you won't be the same after today's call. Um, if you're joining for the first time, welcome. I uh, hope you join us again. Those of you who are uh, frequent flyers, um, we appreciate it. And um, we're glad to be with you. And as usual, we always want you to participate. So please get in that chat room, ask your questions, make your comments, and uh, we're going to do our best to get them all in before you know it. I know the hour is going to go by fast. So Dr. James, I'm handing it over to you so we can we can get this party started. Bam. Thank you. Thank <laughs> Usually when we bring people onto the show, we do our research. We read their bios, social media. We do all we can to learn as much about the guests. Well, this time, we didn't have to. I've known our guests for over 30 years. We both started with the Prudential corporate training, and we both now own our own companies. And she's amazing. She is a, a trainer. She's an educator. She's a coach, soon to be author, wonderful woman, wonderful woman, and left that one thing, she does stand-up comedy. What? Please put your hands together to enjoy me and saying hi to the amazing THK or Teresa Hummel Bollinger. T, how are you? I am unable to, all right. Host has blocked. There we go. Take your time. Video. They're giving you love in the chat room already. I'm saying, yay, whoo, hey. <laughs> How are you, my friend? I am good. Can you see me? Of course. I can see awesome. you. Awesome. Awesome. I see you. I see that painting. I see that Emmy Award in the back. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on, that Emmy Award. But how are you? Welcome. It is good to be here with you, sir. I've been enjoy I've been enjoying your show for weeks, actually for months. How long have you been doing the show? We started back in April. Oh my gosh! It started out as me doing my motivational, inspirational uh, information, and then we switched to bringing guests on, and we we like this format. Nice. So, loving your format when you were doing the comedy show at the club. Yeah. Yeah, isn't it interesting how uh, necessity is the mother of invention, right? Yeah. And and I remember uh, and 
Pyramid Club reached out and said, Teresa, would you do some comedy for us during uh, the pandemic? You know, that that time frame when we thought this was going to last just a few weeks and we just needed to kind of hunker down. And um, and I, I thought, wow, I, I don't know if I want to do stand up in front of a screen here, but we created that game. And, you know, we are still doing that game show. We've done I think, 13. It's, it's the match game, right? It's the match game. Yeah. Yeah, and you so bring it, on and you bring on your friends from the comedy world, correct? <laughs> yes. And and you know what's crazy for so for weeks, nobody got paid. There was no money in this, Jim, not a dime. And I had comics knocking at the door saying, When do I get to go on your show? Wow. And yeah. These are, and these are comics who've done HBO, comedy. Oh Central. my gosh. National so headliners. Right? Yeah, national headliners. I had Julia Scotty. Uh, Philly people know Joe Conklin. He's been on the show a couple times. He's great. Um, uh, Dina Blizzard, Vince Valentine. So many really, really awesome comics have joined us on that show. Um, but And it's just for the love of comedy, for the love of camaraderie, and, uh, and to have a few laughs. Yeah, and we all, we all have pivoted. Folks in our industries, training, educating, consulting, coaching, We've all pivoted, but I want to, I want to take you back, take you back because I know you very well, but some of our viewers don't. So can you give us a little chronological order, born and raised, and how did you get here right now where you are an educator, a coach, consultant, stand-up comedian? Can you give us some background? Wow, that's a lot of time to cover. Let's see. <laughs> uh, I actually live in the same town where I grew up. So I live in North Wales. My office is in North Wales. And if you guys happen to travel through North Wales, I am right in the center of town. You are welcome to stop in. And Jim knows I have lots of wine here. So if anybody wants to stop by for some wine, uh, I'm happy to share that with you. So North Wales, uh, all Catholic school, St. Rosalima, Lansdale Catholic, Chestnut Hill College, Villanova. Uh, so I have lots of guilt. That's okay, though. I'm still uh, making my way through this life. Um, I, my intention was, I was a biology and chemistry major. My intention was to work for Merck. That did not happen. And I needed a job and Prudential hired me. So that's how I got my start really in corporate training because Prudential paid for my education in wow. all the things that we do. Not only did they pay for my education, the experience that I got there was top notch. I mean, just amazing. Uh, so then Prudential, 18 years, left there, started my own company, was very happy, but then met and fell in love with a pharmaceutical company, uh, went inside for another six years, still love them. Al Mack out in uh, Southerton, they're a Northern Irish company, got to go to Ireland. But then after about six and a half years, hopped out on my own again. But I, all that time, 2002, I started comedy. 2002, I took the comedy class at Montgomery County Community College. I was going to say, what, 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 what created that? What, what, how did you get that bug for comedy? What happened? There has to be a story, I'm sure. There is. There is. So, first of all, I never thought I would be a stand-up comic because that, to me, was completely far-fetched. Like, that would not be who I am. But you know how your community college will send little brochures with all their different classes that they offer. So I yes, got mine yes. and I'm looking through and I'm like, oh my gosh, stand-up comedy, eight weeks for $89. <laughs> I'm going to do that. It's a bargain. 
at the very least, I'll make a friend, right? That's, that's always a key. And at most, I'll leave with some comedic technique that I can use in the classroom or when I speak. So that was my intention. Mm. Uh, little did I know at the end of those eight weeks, there's a graduation show and you have to get up in front of, and we had like probably 250 people wow. and do five to seven minutes of stand-up. Yeah. That was your first time of doing That was my first time. Okay. And I got laughs. And <laughs> anybody who's a comic knows that is, uh, that's an adrenaline rush. That's a chemical rush that is really incomparable to, to anything else. Like you, you want that again. So I kept going with the comedy, took more classes, and now it's been 17 years, 18 oh years, 2002. Yeah. My. 18 years. And you're good. You're really good. At oh my gosh. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. It's, it's, it's a blessing, not only for uh, being able to provide entertainment, but the circle of friends that I have made through mm. stand-up comedy has enriched my life so much. Just beautiful souls, wonderful people, great sense of humor. Uh, the other night, so we're watching the presidential debate and we've got uh, Facebook open and I have over 150 comedy friends who wow. are all sharing their crazy perspective <laughs> that made that whole situation so much more bearable. Mm. Yes. My good buddy, Tim Grill was on fire that night. And uh, yeah, so they're, they're just a blessing. So well, I don't you, know, does that answer your question of what I've been doing? Yes, all yes, it does. You mentioned enriching lives. I know as a coach, trainer, educator, you have enriched lives seemingly forever. What's your secret? What is everything cloaked in? I, I actually have a, a mantra and it's almost like a filter through which I process all my decisions. And, and there's really two questions that I ask. The first question is, um, is this coming from a place of love? Mm. Is this coming from a place of love? And I know you're thinking, well, that's not really very corporate or business-ish, is it? It's very kind of woo-woo. Um, <laughs> but in every situation, I try to tap into kind of a deep goodness. It's almost, a, well, it is. It's a spiritual thing. It's the God mm. within. Tap into the God within to say, you know, how can I be love in this moment? Now, I will share, Jim, I fell off the wagon. I was driving to Atlantic City last week and, and Aldi with New York plates cut me off. Cut me off on the Atlantic uh -oh. City Expressway. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. I'm going to be honest with you. I did not come from a place of love in that moment. <laughs> I, I did not. There was no love in that moment. The moment that the love was gone. But wow. uh but for the most part, I, I try to use that as a filter. The other question I ask myself is, how does this add value? How does this mm. add value? Is this adding value? Is this in, And this is the enrichment. Is this enriching others? Is this enriching myself? Where's the value in this? So love okay. and value. Am I coming from a place of love? And am I bringing value? Yeah. How challenging is that for you? In organizations because I know some of the participants, the learners, they aren't coming from love. No. Coming from pain, from hurt, from frustration, from envy, from anger. How are you able to stay in that place of love and value when you're not, when it's not being reciprocated? 
because they can feel where you're coming from. Mm. See, there is, I'm going to get really woo-woo. That was not my intention today, but you're, you're taking this path, dude. So we're going to get woo-woo. So we are energy. There's an energy to us. And I'm going to share a, a Dr. Jim story because I use this philosophy all the time. So we're energy. There's an energy to us. And if you come from a place of love, you're, you are a high energy, high vibration person. You attract other high energy, high vibration people to you. That's probably why we're friends, Jim. That's probably how we connected. Now, there's two kinds of people in your life, right? <laughs> two kinds of people. You've got Titans and Titanics. This is from average to awesome. Titans and Titanics. The Titans lift you up. You share an idea with a Titan, they're finding ways to help you make that idea happen. They're telling you about all the good stuff that's going on in their life. And even in this crazy pandemic situation, they're saying, you know what? There's opportunities. Here's stuff we can do because Titans see opportunity. Yeah. They see possibility. Yeah. Then we have Titanics, right? Titanics, they drag you down. If you share an idea with the Titanic, what do they do? They tell you, you, why would you even try? It's a pandemic. Why would you go down that path? They're telling you about how sick they are, how awful life is. The world is going to hell in a handbasket. And just when you thought it couldn't get worse, it's getting worse. After you spend time with the Titanic, you're depleted of energy. Basically. They are. They are. <laughs> so I ask people two questions. The first question I ask them is, who are you spending your time with? Mm, mm. Who are you spending? Because your energy level has a lot to do with who you're spending your time with. Right, right. If, if you're spending your time with Titans, you got a lot of energy. When I hang out with you, Jim, I leave energized because you're a Titan. Now, I have other folks that I'm depleted. So you, you want to manage who you spend your time with. The second question is more important. Do you know what that question is, Jim? No, talk. Mic check, mic check. You have the mic. <laughs> All right. The second question is, which are you? Mm. which are you and this is where people break eye contact with me in the classroom yeah. when i tell that story and i say which are you they're like oh damn well since we're talking about titans and titanics i'm going to bring on one of my titans shannon what's happening out there in the chat room question bam titan bam titan what's up <laughs> well she was getting all these warm welcomes before we even put her put her <laughs> on the screen. Um, I think people are just so engaged in listening at this point, but Teresa, in this same thread of kind of seriousness with a little bit of comedy um, is, you know, everyone knows laughter is medicine, right? So I, I personally want to know is how has laughter been your medicine? Can you share with us a story where wow. you've been able to leverage wow. your humor or your ability to go comedic to feed your soul or, or be medicine for you in, I mean, share a story with us or a situation oh, wow. where yeah. you have to leverage mm. that ability. Mm. You know, since I've, I've gotten involved with comedy, I've lost some dear people. Uh, I lost my dad, 2006, lost my mom, 2009. I've lost some cats, which I know doesn't seem like such a big deal, but if you're a pet person, you know, you know how that is. And I think the laughter 
uh, helps us keep perspective. It helps us um, stay grounded. And uh, everything is, it's a yin and a yang. You, you can't enjoy the good without having some not so good. You know, the, the good yeah. makes you appreciate it. So the deep sadness that we feel with loss, loss of a job, loss of uh, a loved one um, is balanced by the, the joy of, you know, laughing and humor and beautiful experiences. And that's what life is. Life yeah. is, we have to embrace it all. We have to embrace the sad because there's, there's a learning for us in the sad and embrace the joy. I love that. And here's a question. I don't know if this question is for you, Dr. James, or if it's for you, Teresa, or you two can tag team and tag each other in. But we want to know from the chat room, are Titans born or are they made? Is it, is it a personality? Do you have it or you don't have it? Uh-oh. I don't know. Just asking. Somebody in the chat room wants to know. Uh, well, I think... Uh, you can, I think some people are naturally more positive. Some people are naturally more negative. However, I think there's a mindfulness to this, Shannon. There's a mindfulness. And when you make the decision, by the way, there's power in decision-making. That's a whole nother lesson. When you make a decision, the universe works with you to make things happen. And when you decide from this day forward, I'm going to come from a place of love. When you make that decision that I'm going to be more positive, even if you weren't before, that mindfulness is going to help you increase your energy. Yeah. I, I, I probably was not always this high energy, this positive, because doesn't the world kind of coach you not to be positive? Yeah, yeah. Kind of. I mean, society teaches you to look for the flaws, to look for what's missing. Um, and when you flip that thought process around to see, what do you have? What are you grateful for? What do you love? Look at the beauty in life. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think you can grow. Yeah, I, I agree. And Shannon, thanks. Great question. Great from the chat room. I think it's a combination of both. I, I believe that many of us are born Titans and then along our journey, we can evolve into one or lose our Titan status, depending mm -hmm. on how we handle life's opportunities. And I think I saw something in the chat room that said, what are you if you're in between the Titan and the Titanic? <laughs> Thank you, Bonnie. Thank you, Bonnie. Let's just say you're a work in progress. How about that? Teresa, you and I talk a lot about work our clients, leadership, uh, communication, building trust. And you've always said you aren't one of those big time marketers, social media magnets, come get me, come get me. It, it's, but you stay busy. Yeah. You're super busy. Yeah, I'm blessed. How do you attract all that energy, all that work, people saying, we want you? Yeah, you know, it's it's funny, Jim. Do you, do you know I didn't have a website until about five years ago? Isn't that crazy? People say, what, send me your website. And I say, you know what? You can go to my LinkedIn profile. I didn't even wow. have a website. Wow. Yeah, I just sent them to my LinkedIn profile. But I, I think- why, why, didn't that, why, why didn't that unnerve you or bother? <laughs> Some people were saying, I need my book. I need my website. I yeah. can't, I, you just, you just- 
showed up to recent? Because I've, al- I've always had work. I've always had work and I always will have work. I never doubt that I'll have work. I'll always have it. And, and part of that, there's a couple things. One, I think you need to be really good at what you do. And as much as I grew up with all that Catholic school and humility, I will say, I'm, I'm a good trainer. I'm a really good trainer and I'm a really good OD practitioner. I've gone into organizations and created, uh, re- well, restored the soul to organizations. Wow. All organizations. Tim, you know this. When you start your company, that's there's a soul to that. Your organization has a soul. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes over time, don't organizations lose that? Yes. Yes. They do. So, so I, I think it starts with one, be really good at what you do. Um, two, be love at all times with all people. And that is why I hopefully um, being good and being somebody that is easy to work with, maybe non-judgmental. Mm. I definitely am, I'm a, uh, and this I've learned from our good friend, Harriet Stein. Uh, part of her mindfulness practice she teaches is uh, non-judgment, non-judgment. So coming from a place, you can't wow. come from a place of judgment and love at the same time. It's good. good stuff. You stay busy. Again, you and I talk all the time and we've been mm-hmm. talking about diversity, equity, inclusion, the state of the country right now, us needing uh, What are your thoughts on where we are as a country right now and, and what do we need? No, we definitely need more love. Uh, one thing I would tell people um, is to turn off the news. Mm. One, it's addictive. It's addictive. It's, a, it's kind of a spiral that you fall into. Like you want to know what's going on and you get sucked in. Uh, one, I don't think we're, be, we're being given the whole picture on the news. Um, two, the picture that we're being given um, is not one that is going to be helpful to you mentally or uh, personally. So and not to say that you don't want to know what's going on in the world. And, and I don't watch the news, but I know what's going on in the world. Right, right. right. But I, I would say, you know, turn off, turn off the news and do what you can do to make this world a better place. Some of us can do more than others, right? Um, Jim, you and I have the gift of the platform. We talked about this when the whole thing was going on with the, the riots and, and we were like, what do we do? You and I have a platform. The privilege of the platform. Yes. So we can help to influence thinking and help to uh, bring some truth to the world. Uh, other people, it's, you volunteer, you come from a place of love. Maybe you help a, a charity, you help people who are out of work. But every one of us should be thinking at this time, how can I make this situation better? Mm. Now, if you can run for office, for uh, please run for office. <laughs> I would love to see some good people running for office. I would vote for them. But I, I think that's the mindset to have is how can I help? How can I make this better? You're talking about running for office. I want to run to your office right now and just touch that Emmy. What's that Emmy about? How did you get Oh my that? gosh, isn't that crazy? So here's another who to thunk, right? I never thought I'd do comedy. I did. Uh, I never thought I'd have an Emmy because I typically didn't work in television. But my good friend, Grover Silcox, comedy friend, we've done a lot of comedy together over the years. 
he works for WLBT up in Bethlehem, PBS. And he proposed an idea for a talk show in a diner, Daddy Pop's Diner, which is actually the diner he frequents. That is kind of his hangout is Daddy Pop's. So uh, the folks at at PBS 39 said, yes, we like that idea. We're going to go with it, to which we were both very excited because that's an amazing opportunity. Um, And he asked me to book the guests for his show. And I have no TV experience whatsoever, (laughs) but I do know a lot of people. So I said yes. And uh, we are now in season four. Last September, uh, well, last August, we were nominated for an Emmy. And in September, we won. So I got an Emmy. Nice. Uh, This August, we were nominated again. Of course, now I'm competitive, right? (laughs) Right? I had like made space for a second one and all. Um, I know. I told her, you're getting a sister, girl. But um, you made space for a second. I did. I did. I, I moved her over. I dusted. But uh, we did not win, but we were nominated for a second Emmy this year. So that's where the Emmy uh, came from. And, and the show is great. Counterculture, PBS 39, WLBT. Uh, Jim, you were a guest on our show. I was on there the day before my college, my, my doctorate graduation. The day yes. before I was on there. And it was a ball. It was yeah. a ball. Wrote, it's a great show. Great interviewer, but he's a good soul. And seemingly, you surround yourself with people who have good souls. Right. Because it feels good. Why wouldn't you want to do that? I collect them. Mm. I collect them. I'm like, oh, look at you. And and this is a Harriet thing. Harriet and I refer to them as purple chips. They're like, they're, they're a little bit different than the everyday person. And when you meet them, they get it. They get the whole energy thing. They get the vibration thing. They get the love thing. And when you meet each other, you're almost giddy. <laughs> Teresa McGlinchey's on here. She She's a purple chip. Christina Barkhauser, you're a purple chip. I see you guys in the chat room. These, look, these at, are look at you bringing your posse to the show. Positive people. They're I want to see you guys next week and the week after that. Okay. <laughs> that's it's you surround yourself with good people well you do too well speaking of good people speaking of good people shannon what's happening in that chat room what's going on (laughs) there is so much love i can actually feel it i'm 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 just so first of all Teresa, i think you've misspelled your last name and I think it's supposed to be humble. I don't know what this H-E-L business is, but people are voting for you for president for 2024. Um, They're loving, they're talking about you, you know, loving people and you attract love and planting good seed and harvest and and coming back into their lives. But I do have a question for you. Um, As a professional stand-up comedian and trainer and all that you do, do you find it challenging right now to balance comedy and sensitivity in this current climate and how to marry the two because I imagine comedy has changed a little bit because in America there's so much going on so how do you how do you do that I have to be honest I avoid anything that's going to cause any kind of uh, chaos so you will not Mm. see me bring up anything political but I appreciate Mm. my comedy friends that can do it and not have the audience turn on them. 
Mm. Um, that's a gift. I'll tell you, Joe Conklin, he does this. He, so Joe Conklin uh, does really good impersonations. He, he's wonderful. Um, and, but he, he does everybody. He does a great Trump. He did Trump the other night when we had our show. Does a great Trump. But whether you're a Trump lover or a Trump hater, you have to laugh at what he's doing because he's so good. But he also does Bernie Sanders. Oh, his Bernie Sanders is on the mark. Oh my God. His Elizabeth Warren, I weep. It's so good. It's <laughs> so, so good. And his Alan Iverson. <laughs> oh my gosh. So awesome. I, but I think for me, I avoid that because I want to stay in that love zone. I want to stay in that. Let's just, it fits my persona. Mm. But I, I love that. I have such admiration for the comics that can pull it off, that can bring up issues that are sticky and mm. not have it and not have it get ugly. And they're at, I'm telling you, Joe is one of them. He's wonderful. Yeah. Well, somebody wants to know, what is the name of your show again? And then I have one other quick question for you before I uh, disappear. <laughs> All right. So, well, there, there's Counterculture is the show that I book. And then the comedy show is called The Mismatch Game. And, and let me put this out there because maybe Friday, Friday nights, Friday, Friday nights. Night. So we were doing every Friday. Now we're looking at doing one a month. What we're doing now is we're partnering with charities because now we figure let's monetize this thing. We, we put it out there. We got comics involved. So we partner with the charity. We just partnered with Women's Center of Montgomery County. They got 152 people to buy tickets. That's crazy. 152 people. And what we do is we split the proceeds. Um, half goes to the comics, half goes to the charity. Now, what happens is some of the comics give their share to the charity. But that's what we're doing now with Mismatch Game. I love it. Quick question. How do you nurture yourself? What are some mm. of your self-care tips? Great oh, question, wow. Shannon. Inspiring minds want to know. Wow. Do you know what? This sounds really bizarre, but I... Um, I'm a big fan of sleep and getting enough rest. <laughs> um, maybe it's my age, uh, but I do really try to make sure that I, I, I sleep, that I get enough rest and that I carve out time for fun. Now, frankly, my work is fun. Tim, this work is fun. The fact that we yeah. get paid for this is almost criminal. Yeah. It really is. Come on. But, um, but uh, you know, I love penny slots. I love going down to uh, Borgata <laughs> playing. Yeah, I do. I love penny <laughs> slots. That's probably my biggest, uh, I don't know if it's a bad habit, but it's, uh, yeah, that, that is something I do. And I, and I love seeing beauty traveling. Uh, we just went to grounds for sculpture last week with some Prudential girls. Uh, oh my God, we've known each other so long. We went to grounds for sculpture and just spent the day outside looking at the beauty, but yeah, self-care huge. huge. Speaking, speaking of self-care, since we know each other, we talk a lot. How do you bounce back from those times where, when the world gets you, when the world punches you in the gut, when you have one of those infrequently, infrequent bad days or bad experience? How do you bounce back? And what advice would you have for the people who are listening? Oh, wow. And you know this, dude, you know this, because recently I had one of those. Knocking days. on that door. <laughs> yeah, you know this. And it's not often that I um, really give permission to uh, 
like bad feelings. But so here we have this whole summer. Let's be honest, guys. This is screwed up. This is a screwed up period of time. So you've got all this stuff and you're wearing masks and you're not allowed to go here. Meanwhile, I still got to do the do. I've still got to work. And this was about, was it a few weeks ago? I had, I got a note from a CEO. I just started a new project. Love the CEO. I know he loves me, but he sent me a note with some, Hey, you know, we were just looking for something more and different in that last thing you did. So kind of like a little criticism. So Mm. I'm like, all right, put that in the basket. I'll carry that along. But the next day I got a note from a participant who had kind of a weird criticism. It was a weird, yeah. And I, I won't, it'll take too long to get into it. Yeah. Um, I had a complete meltdown. So here you go. I'm just going to be authentic with you guys. I sat right here at this desk and sobbed. And like a snotty, awful, the ugly boo, cry. Boo, the boo. ugly cry. It was an ugly cry. And maybe you shouldn't teach anymore. Maybe you should stop. And then I was like, "The hell's wrong with you?" Oh my god. So, one, allow yourself that moment of anguish, of crying, of this sucks because it does. And then phone a friend. And that's, and that's exactly what I did. I, I allowed myself that moment of not good. And then, and Jim, you were one of the friends that I reached out to. Of course, you did not pick up the phone. And I was Thank like, you. Hey. You could have left that out the store. Oh, my God. Yeah, you were obviously busy with your life. But we did eventually get to talk about it. Yes. But I, I think that is important that you have trusted friends that you can go to and just be real with and who will allow you my husband god bless rick that night he says guess what Teresa? you're human Mm. you're human Mm. you're allowed to be sad you're allowed to be disappointed and i was like damn it i don't like that though he's a good man he is a good man but I, I think that's, it's a good message, Jim. And I'm glad you asked the question because even those of us who try so hard to be positive at all times, this is, this is a weird situation we're it in. It is. It is. My acronym for what you just said is MSBB, which is mad, sad, better, busy. Get mad, get sad, get better, get busy. Get mad, yes. sad, get better, get busy. We caught up in the mad sad in that mad sad place we don't get better and we don't get busy i think that ties in exactly to what you just said let's 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 turn it around we talked about how you bounce back a few years ago i invited you to come with me to do some work with one of my clients yes in boston in boston we did yes couple days of presentation skills for a big pharma. And I remember at some point during the presentation, the training, someone needed some help. Yeah. More humor to their presentations. And I don't know if you remember, I, I went over to you and said, T, I know you didn't plan any of this stuff, but can we give them an impromptu 
stand up show you doing some of your stuff in the moment you didn't even plan for it no no give us a little bit or give them a little bit of what you do oh my gosh remember that moment i do and and you know it's funny because when folks find out you do comedy they're secretly hoping you will do some even though you're in a <laughs> conference room at the days in and horsham right you know but just they, like they, the people on the line right now are secretly hoping hoping you do a little comedy jump into your comedy they're, they're hoping all right this is this is how i typically open my set and i do this um i do a lot of catholic shows my god joe conklin and i've done i think every parish in the philadelphia area but um <laughs> but i so i do so but it, it might be it might be a little cross in the line a little bit joe i'm just gonna i'm just cross gonna all right cross. I'm cross the line a little bit all right so um, I usually open with what are the celebrations going on, birthdays, anniversaries. By the way, chat room, do we have any celebrations today? Birthdays, anniversaries? She's Thank working the audience. Like, I love it. She's working the audience. work the audience. <laughs> yeah, birthdays, anniversaries, anybody celebrate? A, a day without the kids? I don't know. What are you celebrating today? I'm alive. Vanessa, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you, my husband and I, we just celebrated our 21st wedding anniversary, 21st wedding anniversary. And I don't know how well you can see this. I got a lovely gift. Thank you so much. Lovely gift. Ladies, uh, this is a cubic zirconia, which as we all know is a fake diamond. So I gave him fake sex. Uh, I like to call that pubic zirconia. That's what that is. Pubic zirconia, good for me. Uh, uh, I don't know, if, if you've been married a while, my husband, uh, we've been married for 21 years. He read an advice article. It said, if you really want to spice up your love life, you should pamper your partner. So uh, he made me wear disposable diapers. And <laughs> I have to say, it did kick it up a notch. Who knew? I would not have expected that. So there you go, my friends. The stylings, the amazing up. stylings of the amazing T. HK. Crazy. Our Crazy. leaders today in organizations are, are, are missing not only humor, they're missing empathy, they're missing connectivity, enthusiasm. What are you seeing with your clients, today's leaders, and what advice would you have for the leader of the future or the yeah, and I see leaders at all levels, from uh, our senior leaders to uh, a manager, you know, a leader of a team. I think folks, people who were good managers in the office can be good managers when people are remote. Yeah. People who were not so good in the office are terrible when we're remote. Mm. That's one thing that I'm seeing. So if you were kind of... Uh, you know, so-so in the office, they're really struggling. The managers and the leaders that are doing well are recognizing the human factor in all of this. Um, when they open up a conversation, they don't dive right into the spreadsheet, right? Mm. They, they'll say, Jim, how are you? How are you doing? How's your family doing? They might even remember something from the last time you talked. Last time we talked, this was going on. How did that go for you? These managers, they know the names of your pets. Mm. You know, like they honestly, like though they because we're most of us, a lot of us are working from home. Yeah. 
your cat's going to hop up. They're going to, so my one friend, he's got a bunny. I'm like, Hey, how's your bunny? How's your bunny? But the, the good leaders now are really acknowledging that life is a combination of being human and completing your tasks. And they're spending time on the being human. So what I'm hearing is the combination of working on results, keeping your eye on the results. Yes. But opening up an additional eye. Yeah. To people. Where you're, I guess we can call it heart and soul leadership. Yes. Getting to what's inside, what makes you tick. And I want to continue to help you do that. That means spending time with you, even virtually getting yes. to know you. Right. What, yeah. what, what gets in Teresa, what gets in the way though? I think oh, what gets you, in the way. I, yeah, I sometimes, I think there are some managers and leaders that just don't even know how to have a conversation. Wow. Wow. Which it seems absurd. I actually, part of my management toolkit is this thing called coaching discussion form. And, and you're like, why would you need a form? You do. Because some people are like, T, I don't know what to talk about with these people. So at the top of the form, it says, since the last time we talked, what's happened in your life? What's, what, what, what are the good things? What are the successes? Personal and professional. Now, I have some of my managers say, oh, T, that is not me. I am not opening with that question. That is just too weird. <laughs> sure. To which I say, you make this form your own. But I like people to open on a, on a warm note, on a human note. Let's talk about what's going on that's good. Then you get into, here's your goals that you set for the year. How's that going? Go through the goals. What's working? What's not? Do we need to change them? Development plan. Are you taking care of yourself? You said you were going to go back to school. You said you were going to uh, get a mentor. Did you do that? And then the last thing we talk about is, do you have feedback from me? Are there things as a manager I could be doing differently or better? And they just don't ask that. They don't ask oh, that. Oh, do you know what? Most managers don't want to know. They don't want to know. Could I be doing something better? Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Wow. Yeah. Good. That's good. Speaking of want to know, I want to know what's on Shannon's mind right now. I know she's percolating in that chat room. What's on Shannon's mind? Uh, well, first of all, my jaws are hurting just from laughing <laughs> already. And people virtually in the chat room are cracking up from, from your little snippet. But one of the questions out there is, when is your next actual stand-up? When are you doing that? Uh, we posted about the mismatch game, but when, when, are we, when can we see you? You know what? I don't think I have any stand-up scheduled. I just did a couple. By the way, we're doing comedy outside now. This is interesting. So I've done it by a lake. I've done it in a parking lot in Berwyn in a tent. Yeah, so that's that's what this has come to. But I don't think I have any in-person comedy shows scheduled. And well, I'm going to ask them to hit you up on social media. That way, when you yes. do schedule they can see that and, and definitely join you. You're going to pee your pants. I've seen her in action. <laughs> Jan? And people are just, you know what? People are just giving like lots of love, shout out and just saying, hey, don't miss her. You, you know, congratulations on your anniversary. If you haven't seen her, you're missing out. Um, you know, just, just a bunch of love applauding you. Um, 
they're doing hashtags, you know, woohoo, hashtag comedy. Um, and we're just nice. posting it there for folks to uh, to be able to view your mismatch show. Um, I just think in this short amount of time, I can understand why Dr. James has fallen in love with you and <laughs> wanting to be around you. And um, you truly have figured out the recipe, in my opinion, of a perfect strike of balance because you can feel your genuineness and, and it's hard to do through a screen. Um, you know, as trainers, you know, in person, it's, e it's easier, it's never easy, but it's easier to captivate the audience, but you're captivating through a screen and your balance between really being genuine and feeling that love and your comedy is just, I mean, Dr. James, when this COVID thing is over, I might have to invite myself to one of your outings <laughs> and one of your dinners. Oh, you should. You should. How do you even have a meal without cracking up or spitting your wine out on the poor woman or, you know, your food across the table? I don't know how you do it. We, we, Shannon, thank you. Those were beautiful, kind words. I, I so appreciate that. I, I see in the chat room, my good friend, Maureen Ori, actually, Jim, she's a mutual friend of ours, a uh, wonderful training professional who has also gotten into stand-up comedy. So Maureen, I'm so proud of you for taking the leap. It's, that's, it's a beautiful thing. And I know your life is infinitely better for it. I know mine is. Comedy is the best. Thanks, Jan. I got a question for you, Teresa. You, I know you do a lot of consulting and coaching. Talk to us about that thing called crucial conversations. Oh, wow. You because, know, because, you know, people hold back, they don't share the feedback, or when they share it, they share it in a disparagingly way. It, 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 the, the recipient doesn't get it, but I know you've kind of mastered. So what's the whole secret behind the backstory, the behind the curtains? And can you walk us through how yeah. to conduct that crucial conversation? Yeah, Jim, th this to me is such an important life skill. And I really wish they would teach this in high school because we, this is not just a corporate thing. This is a life thing. How to have that difficult conversation uh, where there's something at stake. So a, a crucial conversation is one that um, has, I have to do the cheer, high stakes, opposing opinions, and strong emotions. See, Don, I look like a, the, one of the airline attendants. High stakes, <laughs> opposing opinions, strong emotions. Uh, so most of us, <laughs> that's right. And put your mask on first so that you can help others. Um, but most of us have a, a difficult time. And to be honest, even though I thank you for saying I've mastered it, this is always, this is a work in progress. We're always working on this. But I think for crucial conversations, a couple key things. One, be really clear on the outcome you want. Mm. Be outcome focused. Say to yourself, if this conversation goes well and it is, and I get a good outcome, what is the good outcome? And it's not just getting your way. It's, it's getting an outcome that holistically is good for the relationship, for the organization, for you and the other person. That mm. it's a win-win. If you can get to that, that is a great place to be. Here's the key. Yeah. And this is like the little hidden secret. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you two questions. If your best friend, somebody that you love dearly, has feedback for you on something that you're doing that is getting in the way 
of your success. By show of hands, how many of you want that feedback? You're such a trainer. You are By such a trainer. show of hands. <laughs> you guys can raise hands in the chat room. I know there's like a little raise hand button. So oh, I'm seeing a lot of raised hands, a lot of raised hands. Because you've got a, a good friend who has advice. It might hurt a little bit because yeah. it's something you're doing that's getting in your way, but you want it. All right, we're going to clear the hand raise, clear the hand raise. Scenario two, someone that isn't your best friend. In fact, you're not even really sure if they like you. <laughs> they have the same feedback for you, same feedback. By show of hands, how many of you still want the feedback? <laughs> all right so what's the difference because i always have less hands go up what's the difference it's intention mm. it's intention they're mm. questioning you're questioning what's their intention the good friend you're not questioning intention because you know the good friend loves you but the other person you're questioning intention so here's the key to the crucial conversation yeah, yeah. If you can convince the other person or if that other person believes you have good intentions for them, you care deeply for them, mm. you love them. Ooh, that's good. That's good. You can say just about anything. That's good. But if they don't trust your intention, it's not going to matter. So you have to find a way to build that trust. You have to find a way to say... I know I've said this to folks that have reported to me. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't give you this feedback. Right. But I love you too much to not give it to you. Because right. this is something you're doing that's getting in your way. So let me share this with you and let's work on a way to move forward. Do you, do you remember the actual model that start with the, the facts? Oh, separate facts from stories. Then share yes. your opinion. Yeah. Then ask for their opinion. Yes. Then talk about how we're going to work this out together and then yeah. express positive outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, if you haven't read the book, Crucial Conversations, read the book. Um, if you get a chance to go to a workshop, look at us plugging vital smarts here. For God's sake, <laughs> they have more money than God, but it's a, it's a great workshop. And I know you and I have been able to weave a lot of the, um, the good learning points from that into our own training yes. and coaching. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, good, good stuff. Question for you. Do you remember what you were doing on August 16th of last year? In the evening, August 16th, there was a- I had a party for you. That was a party with my graduation <laughs> party. And they toasted me and they roasted me. You were one of the presenters who- No. Ghosted me that night. I know. What, what were you thinking as you prepared to do some comedy and, and throw me under the bus, but also love on me? What, what were you thinking as you, prayer, as you prepared? Oh, my God, Jim. First of all, I was honored to be asked. And I, I was the only female, and I went last. That's a big... I was like the headliner of your room. <laughs> I was. Um, but I think when, when you do a roast, obviously... Uh, you want it to come from a place of love. I mean, that's it. Um, but you have to make fun. You have to make fun. And Jim, as trainers, there's a lot to make fun of. 
there's a lot to make fun of. And we had a number of trainers who came to your party. So they appreciated how um, I poke fun at just, we can't not be trainers. We can, even today, when we were talking about preparing for this interview, what, what am I, I'm like, well, who's the audience? You went into major needs assessment mode. (laughs) What's their goal? What are the demographics? I'm like, T, come on. (laughs) Right, right. But I I think that that was what I used as the foundation of the roast is is like let's poke fun at not only ourselves but um, our profession because I think they're like trainers. We we got some goofy things. I mean, we really do. And I ended with well, I. I started with things like we have name tents at family dinners and we ask people to decorate them according to their personality. And, uh, but the last thing was uh, after lovemaking, you ask your partner to complete an evaluation form. (laughs) Name optional, name optional, just to see how you've done. And uh, we're we're going for a a level three or level two evaluation there. We're not doing level four return on investment. Although when you get married, that that's a big deal. That's a big deal. There's a whole lot of ROI going on there. Yeah. Like I unloaded the dishwasher last time. Now it's your turn. That's what that. So. Teresa, what keeps you going? Um, Life. You keep doing it year after year after year. Your plate's not full. It's not a plate. You have a bucket. Your bucket is full. You have author chat at the Pyramid Club. You do your stand-up comedy. You have your clients. You have retainer clients where you have to go in, guarantee three, four, five times a month. What keeps you going? Life. Life is, it's, you want to, I think, I call it squeeze the juice out of life. That'll probably be one of my books if I ever get my book written. But Mm. um I, I believe you are- as, as, you're, as you're squeezing this juice, Shannon, come back on. I want you to get this juice live and in person. Squeeze <laughs> the juice out of life. What's up, T? <laughs> so I, I just think every day, um, every day is important. And you want to look back on each. See, I, I, nothing makes me more upset than people watching calendar pages fly off because mm. they're looking at something in the future. They're waiting to retire. They're waiting till the kids are out of the house. They're waiting for what? Don't wait for that. You today, today you squeeze the juice out of life. Today there's somebody's life you're going to make a difference in. Today there's a lesson that you can teach that will help someone. Today there's a lesson that you need. And and every day is important. So I guess, Jim, that's why my my schedule is so crazy. Because I want to make the most of every day. And I truly live that and believe that. When, when, if there was a turning point or a tipping point, when did you realize this is what I need to do? This is my calling. Mm. I'm going to spend the rest of my life. Was there a turning point? Was there a moment where you said, okay, this is it. Here I go. Here I go. I think watching, um, watching my parents as a kid, most people don't know. So my mom got married at 13 and that's a whole nother story for another day. When we bring you back. Yeah. Yes. And, and she married a guy who was 22. They were married for 60 years. They had four kids. Um, and I was uh, the third in the, in the lineup. Um, mom, 
did not have an easy time. Let's just put it that way. Mom mm. did not have an easy time, but she lived forgiveness. She lived love. Mm. And everyone loved my mother. Mm. Everyone. Mm. So I think watching, I see, I told you I'd cry. Watching her was an inspiration for this life. Mm. And I, I hope that my life can be a legacy to her, to her, because she was beautiful. She was beautiful. There you go. You got the cry, dude. <laughs> you got it. You know, we. it's so funny. When Jim and I get together, we laugh, but there's always a cry. There's always a point there's where we're like, oh, my God. But, but yeah, I think growing up with mom and dad and, and just watching my mother who just embraced love and forgiveness with everyone. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I don't know if it was a specific moment, but that was it. No, that's it. Shannon, I told you. Didn't I tell you she was the mom? Uh -huh. Com. There we go. And I put on makeup. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, not only J Dr. James does she have to come back um, when she writes her book, but we got to get her along the entire journey because um, what, a, what a gem. Uh, I mean, wow. Teresa, we love you. Group hug. You, you brought it, group hug. You brought it as you always do. And for those of you who join in, it's a powerful woman. Find her on social media and consider the words she shared. Are you bringing value? Are you coming from a place of love? Are you making your minutes and your moments matter? It's time. You know, I always say it's tan time, take action now, mm. make it happen. Don't watch it happen. If you want to watch something, watch us next week, next Tuesday for the Dr. James Show. Until then, take care. You've just been Jim Pat. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.